You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on the Savage Podcast. It's the day before Halloween, and there's so much spooky, horrible, terrifying shit going on in the world. There's Frankenstorm bearing down on the east coast of the United States. There are polls that keep having Romney up, Obama up, Romney up, Obama up. I actually have stopped looking at political box. I, I've stopped even looking at my own Twitter feed. It's like sitting down for a saw marathon, just watching the poll numbers go up and down. It is scaring the shit out of me. So I've stopped. Uh, and there's the cannibal cop in New York City, which is so fucking terrifying. And it's the day before Halloween. And so we are doing our annual scary sex story because scary shit just doesn't happen to the weather and to my Twitter feed and uh, in the newspaper. Scary shit happens in the bedroom. Anyone who's sexually active, an adult, knows that scary shit sometimes happens in the bedroom and spooky shit. So every year we invite our Listeners to call in with their tales of sex, terror, and horror, and spookiness. Also coming up on this very special Halloween episode of the Savage Lovecast, an interview with Caitlin Doty, a licensed mortician, founder of The Order of the Good Death, and the genius behind the YouTube series Ask a Mortician. She will be in later to talk about spooky things with us. But first, and most importantly, your tales of sex, terror, coming right up after this. What would you buy with $500 of store credit at ExtremeRestraints.com? Our last winner, Pete, bought a different impact toy for every day of the week and so much more. If you use the coupon code GGG500 at ExtremeRestraints.com by Sunday, you'll save 5% immediately and be entered to win a $500 gift certificate, which you can really win, just like Pete really won a $500 gift certificate, with, with which he really bought impact toys. You can win too. Just go to ExtremeRestraints.com. And use the coupon code GGG500 by Sunday. This episode is brought to you by the new Squarespace. Squarespace Squarespace.com introduces a new content management system, making it faster and easier to create a high-quality website, blog, or online portfolio. With professional designs and website templates optimized for any size smartphone, tablet, or computer. For a free trial and 10% off new accounts, go to squarespace.com slash savage and use offer code SAVAGE11. Hey, Dan, this story is for your Halloween horror sex cast. Uh, I can't wait to hear it. I'm a 30-year-old gay man. I started dating, um, I guess, a late 20s uh, young man. He definitely was, uh, seemed to be a good fit. So the first night that we had the opportunity to get um, a romantic, I guess he thought it was setting the mood. So he had, like, a tray of food and that sort of thing. You know, people think that's kind of romantic. I'm not into food sex at all, but... Long story short, as the evening progressed during foreplay, from the tray, he brought out some Hershey's Kisses. And I thought that was kind of interesting, but uh, it turns out he wanted to put the Hershey's Kisses in my butt, let them melt, and then eat them out. So I guess that was his way of introducing the subject that he was into scat, which was immediately a deal breaker for me. That was it. It was over. Well, later on, I happened to meet him at a social function. The, movie, uh, the music was really loud. So he came in to whisper, and I, he had the worst breath ever. Literally, it's, it, it was like he had eaten shit. 
And so I was kind of happy for him because it seemed like he had met Mr. Right after all. That's my story. Bye. <laughs> hey, Dan, I have a sex horror story for you. So my husband has a PA of Prince Albert piercing, which for those of you that don't know what that is, a ring that goes from, uh, it's in the head of his dick. It goes in the urethra and comes out behind the head. And so um, one day we were having sex on the couch and um, everything was going great. And then next thing you know, I heard this loud pop and felt something that totally was just not right. And then I look up at him and his eyes are like the size of saucers and there's blood like gushing everywhere. I sit up and kind of look and he said, I just went like white as a sheet it looked like the scene from Carrie. I mean, there was so much blood coming out. Obviously, the area was engorged with blood because of what we had been doing. And so it just kept, like, pumping out of me. But, so we get up, and he tries to, like, help me go into the bathroom so he can figure out what's going on. I am, like, sobbing by this time because it hurt like a motherfucker as well as being exceptionally gory and I guess what had happened is that the um you know it's one of those piercings where the ball kind of sits inside the ring and it wasn't snapped together totally right and then uh with all the uh, motion that was going on the ball decided to seat itself and snap uh behind my pubic bone and just kind of bring some of me with it when it came out <laughs> so anyway luckily uh his dick was fine and I was fine after a few minutes, and uh, everything healed up okay. But uh, uh, from then on, we just made sure to make sure that piercing was seated nice and tight. The plan was just to play the calls and uh, not have a lot of commentary for me. But I just want to jump in here and point out that the caller and you know probably ruined PAs for a lot of people with that call. There's a lot of women out there who are deciding right now that that PA on their boyfriend's dick is never going in them ever again. But it was just really funny how the first thing she wanted to reassure us about was that the dick was okay. I wasn't worried about the dick. Clearly, she was the injured party, but maybe she assumed, because I'm a fag, and this is a kind of a fag cast, even though all my questions are mostly from straight people, that I would be most worried about her partner's dick when I was really most worried about her. But, you know, she assured us first thing out the gate, his dick was fine. Nothing happened to the dick. No dicks were harmed in the production of this anecdote. I was concerned for you, caller, and your lady bits, not for him and his pierced man bit. Hey, Dan. A huge fan. And this story is for your October um, scary story thing. Mine is pretty scary. It freaked me out. I was having uh, strap-on sex with um, my girlfriend at the time, and she was about seven months pregnant. Um couldn't be on top so this happened from the back and everything is you know going good everything is great and all of a sudden I feel kind of like a a click when I uh inserted the dildo and I pulled it back out like hey what's that and my strap-on looked like a murder weapon there was literally blood everywhere and I started immediately freaking out like oh my god I killed the baby, and we're running around trying to find the phone. Well, I'm running around. She was actually pretty calm, and immediately we called the doctor and uh, explained what happened, and they said, hey, you know, calm down. Every woman's pregnancy is different, and 
these things happen sometimes, if bleeding persists, then bring her in. Otherwise, you know, she's fine. So sex did not continue to happen <laughs> that day or any day after for about the next month and a half because I was terrified. Uh, she had the baby. Baby's fine, great, healthy. And from this day, well, from that day on, I have been pretty reluctant to have sex with any pregnant women <laughs> for fear of my strap looking like a murder weapon. This episode is brought to you by the new Squarespace. Squarespace.com is a unified service that offers everything you need to create and maintain your website from domains, design, development, hosting, and support. Squarespace gives you beautiful templates to make your site look exceptional with hundreds of customization options. It's all drag and drop and intuitive. There's an easy to use UI for managing your website, including a new page builder tool that helps to make your site your own. And all these templates are optimized for mobile devices, so everything you do automatically looks great on any size smartphone, tablet, or computer. And their social media integration is superb. It works really well with Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Foursquare, Pinterest, everything. And Squarespace has great online resources and a support team to help you out 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Use Squarespace for all your website needs. Build it, host it, update it anytime. For a free, all-inclusive trial, go to squarespace.com slash savage. Sign up for a free account. No credit card needed. Just try it out and start building your website. Then if you decide to purchase it, use offer code SAVAGE11 and get 10% off your first purchase on new accounts. That means 10% off the first month or 10% off the first year, which is an even better deal. That's squarespace.com slash savage and use offer code SAVAGE11. Hi, Dan. I've got a sexual horror story for you. Uh, in this case, the sex itself was actually pretty nice, but condom disposal was a nightmare. Uh, I was at the time a 28-year-old male, and uh, I think that used condoms look gross, so I stashed the used condoms at the bottom of my girlfriend's uh, wastebasket under a layer of crumpled up tissues and whatever else was in the bathroom wastebasket. A little background, it was uh, our first time uh, having sex as a couple and our first time spending the night together. Um, my girlfriend was living in a basement apartment owned by her very conservative Christian family. Uh, the morning after our first time, we went for a long walk in the hills of San Francisco and uh, held hands, and it was very romantic. Uh, when we got back from our long walk, we walked into her apartment, uh, seeing the door was wide open, and found that the entire apartment was coated in a thin layer of raw sewage. Uh, apparently, while we were out, the handyman had come and made some terrible, uh, grievous error with the pipes and caused raw sewage to back up through the entire apartment. And so we walked gingerly through this thin layer of raw sewage. And there in the bathroom, we found her entire conservative Christian family, from whom she had been keeping me a bit of a secret, standing in a layer of shit and looking into a bathtub full of shit in which were floating two used condoms uh, with my jizz in them. Uh, apparently the... Handyman had needed a bucket for bailing during the shit flood and had dumped the, the, the 
wastebasket into the bathtub. So it looked for everyone to see as if the cause of this shit flood was some idiot who had flushed two used condoms down the toilet, which I definitely did not. Uh, but then I was, and the look in my eyes said, hello, not only am I fucking your daughter, but I am an idiot, and that is my jizz floating in a bathtub full of shit. Nice to meet you. Hey, Dan. I've got a really creepy story for your Halloween edition of the Lovecast. When I was in my 20s and living in Chicago, I was dating this super crazy hot mess of a girl for a few years. It was a very tumultuous relationship, but the chemistry and physical connection we had was really intense. One night, we were in her studio apartment. We just finished having more mind-blowing sex and were chilling out before going to sleep. She decided she wanted something to eat before bed, so she popped up a big bowl of popcorn to snack on. She slathered it with melted butter, and we lay in bed watching TV and munching on popcorn. After a while, we realized it was getting late, so we decided to turn in. She set the bowl of popcorn down on the floor, turned out the light. We spooned up and went to sleep. Now, what I haven't mentioned yet is that this girl had some food issues at the time and often would wake up in the middle of the night for a really, really late-night snack. I'd been sleeping for a bit, but then I woke to hear the sounds of quiet crunching next to me. I realized then that she was up and had decided to have another little snack in the dark. It's completely dark and quiet in the apartment, and I appreciated that she didn't want to disturb me by turning on the light. I was awake, though, and I laid there listening to the sounds of crunch, 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 crunch. Then suddenly, the crunching stopped. I then heard a low moan start to make its way out past a mouthful of popcorn. Then the cry, oh no, oh my God. I reached over, turned on the light, and saw her sitting there. On her lap, the half-eaten bowl of popcorn filled with hundreds and hundreds of big black ants that had been drawn like magnets to all that damn butter she had put on the popcorn. They filled the bowl and were crawling all over the bed, all over her and all over me. I'll never forget the image of her face as she spat out the mouthful of popcorn and ants, a few scattered ants crawling over her chin, across her forehead, through her long blonde hair. In a mix of terror and disgust, she leapt out of bed and rushed to the bathroom to vomit. She then jumped into the shower to wash away the ants, as well as try to wash away the memories of what had just occurred. As for me, I got out the vacuum cleaner and went to work, getting rid of all our new unwanted bedmates. Now, there's a creepy story for your listeners to think about the next time they reach out for a late-night snack in the dark, dark night. Happy Halloween. <laughs> we thought this one might be bullshit, but we looked it up, and ants are attracted to butter. They won't eat margarine because they they have sense apparently, but they will eat butter. So it's possible that this happened. Perhaps the caller is embellishing just a little bit to make it more horrifying for Halloween. But ants will seek out butter. Uh, and love butter. So the possibility in some skanky Chicago apartment that this bowl filled up with ants in the middle of the night, very high probability. So maybe that happened and maybe the car is juicing it up just a little bit for the horror effects. But ants like butter. This week, ExtremeRestraints.com is giving Savage Lovecast listeners a chance to win $500 of hot kinky toys and gear. 
When you buy anything at ExtremeRestraints.com and use the coupon code GGG500, you'll immediately save 5% and be entered to win a $500 gift certificate. The winner will be drawn on Monday, so get your order in by then. Two weeks ago, Pete of Pennsylvania bought a strict leather punishment strap using the GGG500 coupon and then won. He got three different canes, a whip, a paddle, a crop, a collar with nipple clamps, lube, and an anal trainer set. And he's just getting started. You too could win just by entering GGG500 at checkout by Sunday for 5% off and your chance, like Pete, to win big. We have more tales of sex horror coming up for your very special Halloween episode of the Savage Lovecast. We're going to take a little break here to speak to Caitlin Doty. She is the founder of the Order of the Good Death. She is a mortician and she is the genius behind the Ask a Mortician series of YouTube videos. And she also recently recorded her own It Gets Better video, not for bullied LGBT kids, but for bullied morbid kids. And she joins us today by phone from Los Angeles. Caitlin Doty, thank you so much for jumping on the phone today. Thank you for having me. So you, you know, we emailed back and forth because I finally, you know, I've been a big fan of your videos for a long time. And whenever I see someone out there whose work I like, I'm always thinking, how can I get them into the column as a guest expert? How can I get them into the column as a guest expert? And I finally got a question that I could get you into the column as a guest expert, which was about um, having sex with – whether you could contract a sexually transmitted infection from a dead person, which is uh, gross to think about. Um, <laughs> And you asked me if it would be all right uh, if you did an It Gets Better video, not for bullied LGBT kids, but for who? For for morbid children, for <laughs> children who feel like they were you know, maligned or bullied or even just made to feel less than because they have interest in death and, and dead bodies and something a little different from their peers. And it struck me as so similar the emails that you said that you had gotten that inspired you to do your better video. And I wanted to do it actually before I even was emailing with you. And then that that day you emailed me and I was like, oh my God, it is a sign that, that it is supposed to be done. <laughs> and your, um, your It Gets Better for Morbid Kids video is up and it's brilliant and I love it. Yeah. And we're going to put it on the blog and we're going to uh, give everyone the Earl at the end of our little chat so they can find it. Um, I didn't realize that this was a thing. I didn't realize that kids who were uh, – we're not just talking goofy gothsters in high school and I say that affectionately. Right. My husband was a goofy gothster, gothster in high school. Um, <laughs> uh, these are kids who have like an interest in in death perhaps as a profession. Yeah, like if absolutely. somebody was thinking I want to be right. a baseball player when I grew up, nobody would give them any grief. But if somebody thinks or says aloud to their peers in high school, I want to be a mortician when I grow up, what happens? Exactly. Well, you know, we used to, like, even just a hundred years ago in America, we were so close, intimate with death. We had people died in the home. We took care of them in the home. It was all sort of a very, you know, intense, intimate process. And now it's been so removed from our society that I get emails from, from especially high schoolers who say, you know, I want to do what you do. I want to be a mortician. I want to work in the death industry. I want to be a coroner. And they're like, but how do you, how do you do it? Because my friends and family tell me that I'm weird and strange and gross and you know it just it breaks my heart <laughs> i'm like no you know the things that make you weird in high school make you fabulous when you get older 
And that's true of the morbid kids and the gay kids. And I'm sure there's some overlap there. I'm sure there's some gay morbid kids out there. Yes, definitely. And I'm just like, oh, you're going to be the best adult. Just, you know, stick with it. In the same way that the gays point to a modern family and the new normal and Will and Grace and Soap a million years ago, Mm -hmm. aren't shows like Bones and CSI, which have kind of made heroes out of crime scene investigators and morticians and coroners, haven't they gone to some... Haven't they done any good for I the morbid so. kids? I think I think they have. I mean, I think if any, I mean, in some ways they've set up kind of an unrealistic expectation because death work is It's hard and gross and long, weird hours, and it's not you know it's not especially glamorous. You know, I don't wear nice suits and drive nice cars or anything. Um, but but it is yeah, it has made it a lot more acceptable. I don't think as much morticians. I think more more coroners and pathologists. And, and things like that, but, you know, investigating things as opposed to just, you know, there's still, I think, with a mortician, there's still, I mean, the biggest thing about my series is that people are like, I can't believe you're actually friendly and a nice person and are young and look like you do, you know, and that's, like, yeah, there's a lot of people like me in the industry, but that hasn't quite gotten out yet, I think. And Six Feet Under didn't dispel those myths and misconceptions? A little bit, yeah. No, I think all of these things, these things are definitely helping. But I, you know, I, I was not expecting to get the emails that I get mm-hmm. when I first started this, um, and that's, you know, that's why I wanted to do the video because I, the fact that there are still kids out there who feel so strongly about this and feel so sad and, and alone and like they can't be who they are, and, and that it's not healthy or that it's, you know, weird to feel the way that they do about being interested in something that's going to happen to all of us. I know, death is a part you know, of life. Mortality, and Death is a part of life, and we need people out there who are interested enough in death to hold our hands through it. I think a lot of society's ills and a lot of the problems I think we have with, you know, the hatred and, and bigotry in society are because we're not really comfortable with death, and we're not, we don't know what it's doing to us and how it's forcing us to, to think negative things. And if we're all a little more open with the fact that we're all part of the earth and we're all going to die and we're all equal and we're all animals and we're all going to rot and die eventually, I think there'd be a lot more open, honest dialogue and equality. I am um, you know, whenever I the board. Whenever I talk about the It Gets Better videos, what I say that they're there to do is, that, you know, there are young queer kids out there who know that there are happy, successful, loved, you know, uh, reconciled to families that may have rejected them at first, gay adults in the world. But they, those young queer kids don't know how to, you get to be one of those happy, loved, successful, mm-hmm. reconciled gay adults. And what the videos do is they illuminate that path. They show how you get from point A bullied to point B happy, successful, queer adulthood. Mm-hmm. What was your path from – weird, morbid kid to the internet superstar <laughs> mortician that you are. What I am today. Well, you know, that's very nice of you. But, um, well, I, I was, I, just like them, I was absolutely fascinated by death as a youngster and in high school, and I studied, I was a medieval history major in college. I studied the witch trials and medieval death rituals, and then I ended up in San Francisco, and I got a job as a crematory when I, at a crematory when I was 23, and have just been in the industry ever since and went back to mortuary science school. And, I mean, basically the number one thing, though, is just don't let anybody tell you that you can't do that. Don't let anybody tell you that it's it's weird or wrong because it's not. And we need, we so desperately need innovative, young, smart people in the death industry because it's in kind of a state right now. So the more the more interesting young people with, with interesting ideas that can get in there, the better. Can I share a morbid um, anecdote with you? Oh, and please you, do. You can rate it on your morbid meter. 
Um, yes, I will. So when my mother died, I was at the hospital with her and uh, there had been last rites and she – we all said our goodbyes and she was pumped full of morphine and we were just sitting waiting for her to – for her heart to stop, sitting at the hospital bed. Mm-hmm. And it was March 31st and, uh, you know, everyone's absolutely traumatized but the room has gotten very quiet and things are very calm mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the door bursts open and the curtain is yanked back and an orderly hands my mother – attempts to hand my mother, holds out to her a menu for tomorrow and asks her to pick the meals she wants for tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. And my stepfather jumped out of his chair and screamed at the orderly who you know ran from the room. But she dropped the menu and it floated down to the floor and under my mother's hospital bed where it just sat until everything was over mm-hmm. and we had my mother removed. And then I got on my hands and knees and I crawled under that table and I got that menu and I still have it. It's on my mantle at home with the, my mother's gloves and some pictures of my mother because it would so appeal to her sense of humor because mm-hmm. she died on March 31st. The menu was for April Fool's Day. Right. And it was the, the whole universe playing this final like yada, 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 <laughs> black humor joke on my Irish Catholic. Yeah. Here's the menu for tomorrow where you will not be. Um, and I have mm-hmm. friends who've picked this menu up off the mantle and looked at it and gone, what is this? And when I tell them they think I am the sickest motherfucker on the planet, A, that I kept it, B, that I had to get on the floor to go retrieve it, and then I keep it in this place where I see it all the time. So am I, am I a morbid uh, sicko who may be qualified to be a mortician? That, no, I think, I think that's wonderful. I think that's a wonderful story. I think that something else that we've lost recently is the idea of memento mori, of ideas that, you know, tangible things that say, hey, this is a memento, whether it's, you know, a lock of hair from their head or an April Fool's menu when the day they died or whatever it is, something that, that makes you feel not only the experience of her death, but the experience of having loved her and having been her son and, and knowing her sense of humor and what would have made her happy and, and, and a wink and nod to her every time you see it. I think that's wonderful. And meditating on, you know, her death or your death or whatever it is, is, is healthy and a great idea. Caitlin Doty, founder of the Order of the Good Death and host of the Ask a Mortician series on YouTube. Thank you so much for joining us. It was such a pleasure talking to you. Check out uh, yes, thank you. Caitlin's It Gets Better video. What's the title of it? It Gets Better? It Gets, it gets Better Morbid Kids is what it's called. <laughs> it Gets Better Morbid Kids? Yes. Check it out. We will put it up on the blog. We'll put a link to it on the, uh, the Lovecast homepage. Uh, and again, thank you so much for joining us, Caitlin. I hope we get to meet in person yes. sometime. I think we'd get along. I day do, too. I, I, I love your show and your column, and I'm pleased to be a part of it. Hi, Dan. Um, I have a story for your uh, Halloween special. I call it my zombie story because this guy totally tried to eat my face. Uh, let me explain. Um, I'm a 29-year-old straight female. Um, last year, I met a 26-year-old guy. We go out on a date. We have fun. We go out on another date. We go tipsy. He goes and drop me off, and we start making out in his car. Things get hot and heavy, and then and then he bites down on my bottom lip so fucking hard. <laughs> and I pulled away, and I pushed him off and said, ow, and figured that would be the end of it. But oh, no, oh, no. We start making out again, and he bites my top lip. Like we're in a porn movie, pulls on it. It's terrible, absolutely terrible. And, you know, I pushed him away, so we were done for the night, and I went back inside my place. Uh, I didn't realize how bad he bit my face until I looked in the mirror the next morning. I figured I was fine, but I wasn't fine. My lips were purple. Purple! It looked like someone had punched me in the face, like I'd been in a bar fight. It was really awful. 
I told my roommate no one believed me until I actually saw my face. It was so bad. <laughs> Hi, Dan. I've got a submission for your sexual horror stories show for Halloween. It's probably one of my more embarrassing sexual stories, but here it goes. <laughs> I was hooking up with a friend a couple of years ago, and it had been a uh, it, it was winter, and um, it was just I was going down on him, and I remember thinking, "Oh man, am I am I catching a cold?" Because I, I felt like um, my my nose was running a little, but I I powered through, and it, and it just kept happening. That I, I was like, "Oh man, I, I hope I'm not getting sick." Uh, can't believe um, my nose feels weird. And finally, after a couple minutes, I thought, okay, this is this is not this isn't a normal feeling. And I, I I backed off and I looked, and my nose had bled all over everything, and there was just blood everywhere on him, on me, and neither of us were wearing clothes. It looked like some horrible murder scene had just gone down and my nose was still gushing blood. So the logical thing for me to do was scream and run out of the room naked, um, covered in blood, and have him follow me, wondering what was wrong and why was he covered in blood. And he found me in the bathroom, sobbing, embarrassed into the sink, while my nose just gushed blood everywhere on top of that. Luckily, he wasn't too grossed out by it, not as grossed out as I was. And he did the GGG thing and helped me clean up, and then we continued the fun in the shower. What's with all the blood? So many stories of bloody sex horror, and more to come. Hey, Dan, this is Doug. This is for your Halloween show. So I was in Las Vegas and picked this guy up at a bar. We ended up at the MGM Grand and some high floor. And he wanders off into the bathroom to get ready. And I'm waiting there on the bed. And I hear this voice from the bathroom call out, do you want me with or without my hair? a real not hot thing to hear. So anyway, I thought you'd appreciate it. Take care. Hi, Dan. This is for your spooky, scary sex stories. Um, I'm gay, gay girl, and when I was 21, I met this older woman who I thought was pretty attractive, but I had the beer goggles on, you know, and uh, I chose to not hang out with her until I was pretty sure so I found her attractive, um, but I ended up getting drunk with her again and went home with her and had some pretty forgettable sex. But I woke up in the morning, looked at her, immediately knew that I'd made a terrible decision. You know, stuck at her house. And while we're naked, she asked if I was aware of what she did for a living. And I said, no. So she told me she was an occupational therapist and decided to show me a book that she can use for clients of all ages. So she got out of bed, came back with a children's book, decided to read it to me, including all the voices showing me all the pictures, 
And I was already a little sketched out, um, mostly because previously she had offered to pick me up for the school on other occasions and bought me a Kit Kat bar the night that I met her. Those should have been red flags. But anyway, she was reading me the stories, using the voices, and I was, you know, like I said, pretty creeped out. Wanted to go home, and then she insisted on taking out a book that finds people's erogenous zones based on their zodiac and decided to try and find those zones on me. Right after reading me a children's story, I decided I had to get up, go home, even though I was still pretty drunk in the morning. And on my way out, she made me sit down and eat a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios. Needless to say, I've never talked to this woman again. And every time I tell that story, my friends are pretty squicked out by it. So I hope your listeners are too. Thanks. Hey, Dan. Uh, so a few years ago, I went out with this guy who I met online. And um, we went on exactly three dates. <laughs> You'll see why in a second. Um, so, and and being that was kind of a dry spell for me on the first date, we, we yeah, I slept with him on the first date. Um, and it was okay. And then the second date, you know, it was a lot better. And so I thought I'd give him a third chance. Um, I wasn't sure if I was really that into him, but, you know, it was a kind of slow summer. So I go to his place, we have a couple of drinks, we're hanging out, it's really great and everything, and uh, we go up to his bedroom, and we do the deed, and afterwards, we're lying there, and he takes the condom off, and kind of examines it in the light that's coming in from the window, and I make some joke, I'm like, are you just like checking your output or something, because I didn't know why he was looking at it like that. And he, he's looking at it in the light, and he goes, what? It's, it's kind of dark. And so I get up, because he's like a poor musician. He's got a mattress on the floor. So I get up and turn on the bedroom light. And as soon as I do that, I'm like, holy crap, it's like a crime scene. Uh, there's blood all over his crotch, all over the sheets, and in the condom that he just took off. And I look down, I'm completely naked, and miraculously, there is no blood on me. None at all. And I, I'm looking at him just like, what the fuck just happened? And he's looking at this, and he's just sort of calm about this, like weirdly, oddly calm about it. And um, he says, well, you must have gotten your period, which I know was not true because... A, I was on the pill, and so a new one-way period was going to come, and it had just been two weeks before. And B, there was no blood on me, so it didn't come from me. So I'm, like, freaked out, shaking at this point, like, whoa, what the hell? Uh, Should I go run to the hospital, get tested for something? What's going on? I go to the bathroom, cleaning myself up. Yeah, there's nothing on me. He comes in, he's washing his hands, he's washing himself off. But third date, he's coming in while I'm peeing. I mean, that's eh, a little early for that sort of thing. Anyway, um, so he cleans himself up, and he's just oddly calm about the whole thing. And I tell him, I'm like, this was not from me. This was definitely you. You just ejaculated a large amount of blood all over the place. Um, I've got my car outside. Maybe we should go to the hospital. 
And he's just like, no, 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 it'll be okay. And of course, again, poor musician, he probably didn't have health insurance or anything. But still, I mean, later, I I relate the story to a couple of my guy friends, and they're like, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, If that were me, I would be in the car naked, flooring it to the ER, trying to figure out what the fuck was going on. But this guy, totally fine with it. He put on some boxers afterwards wanted to cuddle, and I was just like, you know what, I think I'm going to go home and put my clothes on, get in the car, and drive home. Felt like the longest drive ever. I'm shaking, just like, what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck, um, and barely slept that night. And uh, needless to say, I never saw the guy again, even though he texted and emailed a few times, but just the fact that he seemed to think it was completely normal that he ejaculated ejaculated blood was really disturbing to me. Um, I wasn't going to stick around and find out exactly what was going on there. So, yeah, that's my horror story. Thanks, Dan. Bye. I want to quickly share two unsettling tales of sex horror from the Savage Love archives. Uh, This will ruin dinner parties for you forever. If you're the kind of person who throws a lot of dinner parties, you might want to stop listening to the podcast now. And it will ruin biking for some people who bike. Anyway, I got a letter years ago from someone who was asking a question about his habit uh, and whether it was rude or normal or not. Um, But when he would go to someone's house and he would go to a dinner party or hang out at a friend's house, he would always excuse himself, go to the bathroom – masturbate and then put a little drop of his semen on each toothbrush in the bathroom before he left. I have ever since getting that letter slept with my toothbrush under my pillow. The other horrifying tale uh, that I wanted to share with you was from another sick and twisted uh, fluid sharing pervert. He'd watch for pretty ladies out on bikes in the summer and they would go to Starbucks to undo all the good the exercise did by having a giant milkshake disguised as a cup of coffee and he would steal their water bottles and urinate in them and then put them back on their bikes if he could get away with it, which he did. (laughs) So toothbrushes under the pillows from now on and when you're out cycling and you have a water bottle on your bike and you stop at a Starbucks anywhere in the world, take the bottle of water into the Starbucks with you. Don't leave the bottle of water on your bike outside the Starbucks. The urine is coming. Hi, Dan. You had mentioned that straight people don't have a pride parade and they need to have a pride parade. Well, I'm happy to report that if one has ever been to San Francisco during the Gay Pride Festival, which turns into an entire four-day weekend celebration, a really refreshing sight to see, to behold, is that the entire town joins in on the Pride Parade. And I'm talking straight people, uh, people of all races and creeds, genders, backgrounds. It, It turns into this entire town festival. And I was really overjoyed when I would see men and women go into the Pride Parade holding hands that appeared to be a a heterosexual couple. Why would they if they were gay or one was gay and one wasn't? They were holding hands, and they would be both 
dressed in colorful outfits. I saw this like 15-year-old teenager guy with a star bedazzled around his nipple holding his girlfriend's hand. So I just want to let everybody know that in San Francisco, the straight people do join in the Pride Parade. And that's why it's such an awesome city full of laid-back, wonderful human beings. There should definitely be a entire city celebration of Pride in every single city with, in which both gay and straight people participate. Thanks a lot. Hey, Dan Savage. I'm calling about uh, podcast number 313 in which you talked about the value of heteroween. And I have to say, I have a couple of problems with the way people are celebrating Halloween now that you didn't cover. Uh, one of them is that when I was younger, people really made an effort to wear costumes that were creative, funny, witty, uh, politically and socially relevant. And I feel like we're really losing that because just showing skin is a pretty low bar to clear. But the other thing that bothers me more is with the sexification of Halloween, and I'm saying this as a sex-positive, queer, lefty liberal, that I feel like women especially are using it to hide behind. It's a socially sexist excuse to be able to dress provocatively. And I say, overly up. If you want to dress provocatively, if you want to show skin, if you want to, you know, slut it up, then fucking do it whenever you want. Don't hide behind Halloween. And we're going to leave it there. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. If you'd like to record a question or comment for your future show, please give us a buzz. 206-201-2720. There is a comment thread attached to each and every show. If you want to make sure your comments are out in the world there for people to see, go to thestranger.com slash lovecast. 206-201-2720. That's the number. Give us a buzz. The Savage Lovecast is produced every week by Nancy Hartunian and me and the tech savvy at-risk youth. We'll be back at you next week. Another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks for downloading. Mm-hmm.